This week on Find Your Person Podcast, the boys and I had a little movie night. We watched 500 Days of Summer, and we want to talk to you about what we learned. I've been waiting for a sign For all the stars Thank you for being here tonight. We just finished our a feature film of 500 Days of Summer. And I have seen it a number of times before now. It's one of my favorite films. But uh, Dustin and Jake, what were your first impressions? First thoughts? So I watched it yesterday. And just because why not? Because we're in quarantine. There's nothing else to do. Because you were impatient. You were supposed to wait for us. <laughs> oh, no waiting. <laughs> Couldn't do it. And I think first initial thoughts of it was like, I'm not a fan of how um, Summer is treating Tom. And then the second second time around, I'm like, oh my gosh. There's so many like t- ways and types of ways where Tom and Summer could have stopped and had a conversation, communicated a lot better, and kind of found out, you know, equal backgrounds of like where this relationship is going to be going, um, which would have helped Tom in the future, I guess, to not get as, you know, hurt. But obviously, on the other hand, too, Summer was not very open or she was kind of vague of how friends should be in this scenario so i mean i could go on and on for it but that's just kind of my initial thought was like there was a lot of chaos in the beginning and the you know for tom which i feel really bad for because i've been there like i haven't been able to communicate very well what you know i would want and girls want and i think that's where it just is you know it gets confusing because we just don't know how to communicate what other people want, or maybe we just don't listen. I don't know. There's a lot of things that I could say with that, but that's just kind of my initial thoughts. Confusing, but the ending was good. You know, it all turned out okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Autumn swooped in and saved the day. That's why. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> There's so many times in this video that I spoiled some some shots for Dustin, so I apologize. No, it's okay. Um, no, I agree with you too. I, yeah, it was all communication, but it makes me think about like when stuff should have been communicated. Um, so like between like the first kiss or like the first few dates, like I think he tried to in the car, but then she was just like, eh, or whatever, you know? What do you think, Stephanie? Hold on. Um, my my thing this time around is I wanted to not just see myself in Tom because I think we all put ourselves in the shoes of the protagonist, which in this instance is Tom. Um, but I also wanted to see myself in Summer um, because... I think in so many ways we, you know, in, in one relationship or another, um, will end up playing either role. Right. And, you know, one thing that we talked about while we were watching it was the person who is the least invested in the relationship has the power in the relationship. Mm. Um, this is something I learned a long time ago and it, really, really resonated with me because I have been in, in fact, most of my relationships, um, it's been that way where I have been the least invested and I have had that control and that power over the relationship because 
I, I wasn't as invested as, as my partner. And so it's a, you know, to Summer's credit, it's a daunting place to be. Like it's not a fun place to be in the relationship um, because, you know, you kind of hold this person's happiness in your hands. Um, Mm, One way I've heard it described is like, um, we each have like this happiness bucket. And if you choose to give it to somebody, you know, they can do whatever they want with it. Right. And so if you give someone your happiness bucket and they like, you know, crush it, (laughs) throw it to the side. I mean, that's going to put you in a very, very like compromised place. And so it's important not to hand over your happiness bucket and not to like, you know, rely on somebody to provide you with that happiness. but you know a big part of relationships is giving up a little bit of that um that control and becoming more vulnerable and opening yourself up to that kind of heartache just so you can you know invest and show that you're invested in the relationship and so i don't know that leads to commitment too sacrifice would be the the commitment part of it right well, what how aid doesn't necessarily mean sacrifice is commitment, but it would just lead to more greater commitment. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, I think there's so many things that Summer did, which were like uncalled for, not cool. Um, and, you know, really damaging to, to the relationship um, and confusing for Tom. So I'm not going to let her off the hook, but at the same time, like I've definitely been in that situation and it's not, like an easy role to play in a relationship. There's a lot of guilt involved. There's a lot of responsibility that you feel. And if you want to make that person happy and you, they kind of have handed over their happiness box to you, like that responsibility can be overwhelming. It can be confusing. It can be hard to navigate. And so I don't know. It was interesting to kind of put myself in summer shoes this time around. Yeah, but the thing with that too, though, is kind of what it kind of brings me to the the first part, where Summer was good when she put in her her boundaries. Okay, my boundary is we're only going to be friends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I have with that is that she has put up this, I guess, friend wall, um, for Tom to kind of say, okay, this is the boundary, but where's that boundary? You know, um. My thing is, is that what if, what if they, she didn't know he liked him, you know, how in the beginning where his friend was drunk and while he was getting in the car, he was like, Hey, you know, Tom likes you. Um, what if they, what if she never knew that? Would it be different? Would mm-hmm. it, would those preconceived notions of him liking her, um, you know, have another effect of you know them being friends um i don't know that's just it's just interesting the way it all kind of played out i'm just it's i know it's just a movie but you know obviously what happens if that didn't happen interesting yeah sorry that's kind of funny you think about this it's just a movie like somebody wrote this script i know (laughs) but like it's got to be based off of somebody's experience right or didn't you didn't you see the beginning of the movie (laughs) There's a little oh, disclaimer yeah. there that yeah, said, yeah. like, you know, this this is a fictional adaption, has no, you know, <laughs> similarities with, you know, persons living or dead, except for you, whoever. Yeah. And so that. this, but I, and that's why I like this film so much, because I think it is very, very real. I think um, it's yeah. very, very relatable in so many ways. And, um, you know, the timeline, the way they bounce back and forth to the different parts of the relationship, I think is realistic as well. Because when we are reflecting back on a relationship, we kind of like bounce back and forth to, you know, those, those key moments, right? Where, where 
subtle things have shifted and things have like morphed and, and turned into something different. And so I really appreciated that, you know, like the storytelling and the way they did it in such a way that we can all kind of relate to and understand. Yeah, totally agree. Interesting movie though. Interesting movie. It's an interesting movie. It's, you know, it's just a movie, but it's, there's so many key things that you can learn from a movie. Good, applicable, wow, I cannot speak, movie where I just liked how there's that one part where that one girl he went on a date with, she, uh, he obviously was like, no, this is not going to go anywhere. Um, and she was actually the one that was like the mediator for him and his feelings and was like, has she ever been with another boy or guy? Has she cheated on you? Um, and then she was like, did she ever want to have a boyfriend? And then he's like, yeah. And then like totally like disregarded what she said and just went off to a bar and started singing. I think in a way you could say that this girl was a friend to him and we have a lot of friends that, I mean, I've had a lot of friends that have been like, you know, in past relationships that would obviously just encourage me to see like a different picture rather than being in it. I mean, when you're in it, you can't really see a bigger picture because it's happening now. Um, But another person that's out of it can see like a totally different like perspective of like what's going on in a way. So I don't know. I just thought that was very interesting in the movie. In the movie, where you guys have you guys ever seen that movie, um, Just Friends? No. Mm-mm. It's really funny. Um, it's kind of crude. It's got um, it's Ryan. Crude. It's kind of crude. It's got Ryan Reynolds and I uh, can't remember the girl's name, but it's super funny and it's really interesting. But in one part of of the movie, he says, because um, like he's friends with this girl for a long time. And in one part of the movie, he says, friends don't kiss. So in my mind, like, that's rung, that's resonated for me forever. Like, you don't kiss a friend. Like, mm-hmm. friends with benefits, sure. I guess that's a different thing. But that's still, like, not just a friend, you know? So I think as far as, like, summer goes, like, it's, you're not friends. You're friends. Right. There's, there's a difference between being friends with somebody and being like good friends with someone and having romance. Like that's when a relationship starts. That's what I always say is the best romance and best, or what is a relationship except for friendship and romance. And to kind of add to that, I think that kind of comes back to communication when someone was like, I just think we should be friends. And then when they're on the bed, they're like, Hey, I'm not wanting anything serious out of that. I think that would be a good opportunity for her and Tom to be like, okay, what are what are the boundaries you say don't kiss you can't kiss a friend okay we're not going to be kissing like setting those type of boundaries those rules that will keep them you know i guess safe and secure that way that friendship will you know continue to stay safe and secure i think that we don't think about that a lot but like not just for me like i don't i don't really think about that very very often while I'm in the moment because I'm thinking, oh, yeah, she's cute. I, I, I like her, but like, do I care about like what's going on like in the future? No, I'm just caring what's in the moment. But I think as we take a step back, remember, okay, what is friends? Like what kind of boundaries are we going to set for this? Like, let's continue on to this, you know, boundary communication of role. And I think a lot of my relationships I don't have much of a relationship with my exes or with friends like that because of, because I didn't set those boundaries, you know? Yeah. So I've just, it's very interesting just to kind of see this whole movie and how you can apply it to like relationships and communication and boundaries. Well, have you guys ever been, well, going back to when there's an imbalance of commitment Yes. In the relationship. Have you guys ever been in a circumstance where you've had to, like you tried to balance out that difference in commitment? Because I've had situations where I've indicated that I feel like, okay, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a relationship with somebody. I feel like they are more committed than I am. And so I tell them that, you know, I, I say, Hey, you know, this probably isn't working because, you know, you seem more committed than me at this point. Like I'm just not feeling it for whatever reason. And then immediately the, the guy just kind of snaps into attention. He's like, Oh, well, uh, I'm not that committed. Right. Or I'm not like, you know, I think you've read this wrong. Like I'm, I'm totally fine with like taking things slow. Like I'm totally cool with us, you know, like I don't want to like push anything. I don't want to like go anywhere that you don't want to go. So they immediately start to backpedal. Right. And because um, they don't, they don't want to lose you. That's right. Why. Right. Like they, they feel like, okay, this is, this is getting out of control. Like this is getting out of hand. Like how do I, how do I get back to the status quo? Right. Um, when in, at the end of the day, they really don't want the status quo. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they don't want to just be stagnant. Like they want to move forward and continue. But the fact that I'm not where they are, you know, they feel like they have to, you know, slam on the brakes and say, no, no, whatever, whatever you want, like, I'll do whatever you want. You know, that's, that's really tricky. But I think, as you mentioned with like the, the mediator, when we are in the middle of those kinds of relationships, we're in the middle of that, you know, we justify our behavior, we justify our actions. And, you know, we are so blinded by love, right? We are so blinded by those emotions and we're so blinded by how we feel that, you know, we don't see those, those tiny little signs that indicate that things, you know, aren't going the way we want them to go. Right. Like, you know, that person that we're with really isn't as, you know, considerate as we thought they're really not as, you know, committed as we thought. And so, but we ignore all of those things because, you know, we love them and we're attracted to them and, you know, we, we see a future with them. We see a future in the relationship. And so, we say things we don't mean and we aren't good at communicating because we don't want to like rock the boat. Right. And, you know, we, we put ourselves in really vulnerable positions and we, and we get hurt, man. We definitely get hurt. Yeah. Being vulnerable is very hard. I think for me, kind of like give an example so there's this time, there's a time where I actually told a girl that I liked her. Mm-hmm. There's actually been several, so I can't even really say that. So, so it was a time where um, I told a girl that I liked her and I, I got very offended because she was not showing any signs of liking me back. I was like, well, why didn't she, I told her that I liked her. Like what, what is why isn't she like showing any type of like response? Like what, why am I not getting out of anything out of it? Um, and then I realized, well, I was the one that told her I liked her. Why does she have to show that? You know, like it's not her that said it. I didn't. And I didn't really like think about it that then because I was young. Just kidding. It was like three months young ago. Nice. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um no, I yeah. feel that I've I've done that before where like I was I was in college freshman year. I was like trying to date a girl, I think. I don't know. I knew she was interested in me and we went to like a dance together and like we I think we went out to my car for some reason and I like before we like anything had happened, I just said, Hey, I like you and then like it kinda mm-hmm. like I don't know, maybe that was just like her personality and like the way she did things but then like nothing happened and then like she stopped talking to me so like as soon as she knew i liked her it was an immediate like oh i don't have to play this like i don't have to try anymore you know like yeah. i already know yeah the bag kind of thing well here's 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 how i feel about those situations is when a guy you know drops the l-bomb whether that be the l-bomb wait like or love <laughs> You know, typically it's in reference to like, to love, but 
um, I guess in these circumstances, like it kind of plays a similar role. Love so, is a bit bigger, but like is, yeah. 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 But anyway, the L, the L bomb gets dropped, right? And all of a sudden I'm in a position where I have to make a call either way, right? And I feel like I owe that to you as, or like, you know, to my partner to give them an answer, right? To give them a definitive, I'm on board or I'm not, right? And, um, you know, that's why uh, there's this amazing book and you guys need to read it. It's called, well, you've heard of um, men are from Mars, Mars, women women are are from from Venus. Venus. Yeah. So the same author, he wrote another book called um, Mars and Venus on a date. (laughs) And he basically talks about, you know, like, you know, relationships and dating and, and courtships and, and, you know, the different phases of that. And there's one phase that he talks about and it's called the uncertainty phase. It's a really, really important stage in dating. Cause like, you know, you have those initial um, stages where you're, you know, you're not necessarily committed to that person. You're dating around, you're dating a bunch of other people, you know, you're just kind of testing the waters a little bit. The uncertainty phase is when you start like investing a little bit more into the relationship. Um, you start, you know, asking questions of your partner. You start asking questions of yourself of whether or not this is like the right thing. I think so many of us and me included, like it, it's really tempting to skip the uncertainty phase because you don't want to feel uncertain. You don't want to feel like, you know, you can't make it a call in one way or another. And so we, we like to skip that uncertainty phase and we like to go straight to, okay, like I'm, I'm invested and like, I'm in it to win it and let's make this happen. You know, like, let's go. Um, Instead of just allowing, allowing that commitment to, to strengthen that trust that you have in that person Um, you know, investing a little bit more of your time, investing a little bit more of your energy into the relationship and seeing what that does and seeing how the other person responds, right? I think that was like really good advice that I received and, you know, not skipping that uncertainty phase. But when they push your hand, man, you get, it spooks you, you know, and it makes you, it makes you wonder like, oh, well, I'm not at a place where I can conclusively determine whether or not I like this person. Right. Um, So if that's the case, then, you know, I'm a failure. They deserve someone better. Um, They deserve someone that can tell them that, or, you know, I'm certainly not feeling that way. So the best thing I can do is just let them off easy is to, you know, take myself out of the equation. You know, all these thoughts start happening. But at the same time, how many times in the movie could conflict have been relieved and, you know, things been discussed had Tom been upfront and honest with his feelings and told Summer early on that he liked her and that he loved her and that he wanted to be her boyfriend and that he wanted a steady relationship. He wanted commitment. At that point, that would be a different conversation for them to have. And so... I can't sit here and tell you, okay, don't tell those girls how you feel. Like, don't tell them that you like them. You know, maybe what I'm saying is, you know, to these girls, you know, allow some time for uncertainty, you know, like sit in that uncertainty phase for a while and and see what happens and really try to... I don't know, figure out where you are and, and don't allow that to compromise your ability to continue to cultivate the relationship. That's a whole other, um, whole other subject. Don't lose yourself in the relationship. Yeah. True. True. Don't lose yourself. No, I totally agree. I liked how you said time. There's been a lot of, I guess, I've I've dated a lot of girls where like I 
they're really good. There's nothing wrong with them. I just was not in it. Like I, for some reason, I just, you know, it's just, it, it, the feeling wasn't there. They were beautiful. You know, they're, they had a good pe- personality, nothing wrong with them at all. I just was not like the heart, like, I guess in, in this case, my heart has been burned too many times or I have been burned too many times. And I was just like, I can't, I can't right now. Like I, I was going through an experience at that time and I just could not handle I guess being burned and I think it was just not necessarily trusting the other person it was trusting myself could I trust myself with this person can I be a you know a good boyfriend could I be a good you know if it if it goes down to that road husband <clears throat> so many things that you kind of take for granted in just like dating and and stuff like that and I guess in a way time would only heal that um and trying not to rush it and i think that's just it is what it is time will tell and a lot of people you know you you say it you say it so many times or you hear that so many times but until you've actually looked back at the relationships that you've had at the growth that you've where you've become and who you are i think that's when you realize yeah time will tell and it's almost like how, you know, we see in Tom, you know, maybe he wasn't living up to his own potential. And maybe that's what Summer saw. We don't know. Um, and then after a while, you know, after his heartbreak, he started to actually do what he loved. He started to architect. He actually started, he quit his job, started to architect, draw. And he went for a job interview and he found something that he was even looking for and that was autumn you know yeah and she was he she was there probably from the moment he was you know ever since he's been going to the his favorite place you know ever since he's been going to that place where um he gets to sit down and look at you know the parking strips but there's there's a, a whole another view that he wasn't you know obviously seeing so yeah i don't know it's just kind of interesting that reminds, me, that reminds me of something John, by the way, has said. Um, I, listen, I used to listen to a lot of John, by the way. He's awesome. But he Didn't said, know. sometimes the wrong one is the right one to lead you to the best one. So yeah. true. And I was like, ah, ah, that gives me hope. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Also, completely unrelated, but also kind of related. So I went to play tennis with some friends today. And one of my friends gets in the car and I'm just like immediately was punched in the face with this smell. I was like, oh, I haven't smelled this in a while. What the fetch? And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a smell that my ex-girlfriend used to wear. And I was like, fetching. <laughs> what is this fragrance? I was like, we got to get out of the car. I can't be here anymore. What is this? <laughs> it was like, it wasn't like, um, like it wasn't actually a big deal. I was just like, it hit me. And I was just like, oh my goodness, this is like kind of weird. And my friend was like, yeah. It's it's he said something really profound. I think he meant to say, but he's like, it's a physical memory or a memory of something physical that you enjoyed that now is associated with an emotional memory that has hurt you. Mm-hmm. So it's real. Anyway, those things so is. they sneak up on you. Yeah. So that's the thing. And it totally is. It's I'm not comparing this to like well actually no it is kind of like so like the loss of a love one is similar to the loss of a relationship because like it really is just over and like there's nothing you can do and so like it just makes me think about like people who say with death it never gets any easier it's just you learn to cope with it better it makes me think about like relationships but at least for the relationship you can like have a new one that like heals the other one in a sense if that makes sense mm-hmm. anyway well and time time heals it as well I I think going back to the movie, you know, they get to the end and he, you know, obviously Summer ends up with somebody else, which tears Tom up inside because the whole reason she broke up with him is because, you know, she claimed that she didn't believe in love, that she never wanted to be anyone's girlfriend because, you know, love is a fantasy. And then she ends up getting married, right? And that just tore him up inside. But one thing that 
I want to throw out here and I, and is that we all reserve the right to change our minds. And, yeah. and I think that is really, really difficult to deal with in a relationship because, you know, we crave that consistency. Um, you know, we distrust flip floppers, right? Um, and it's, but, you know, I think it's important to remember that, you know, we can change our minds. We can change our opinions on the receipt of new information. Um, and I think that's important to remember when you're going into a relationship because, you know, it's a vulnerable, vulnerable place. And that person that you're with can change their mind at a moment's notice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one minute they're like, no, this is great. This is exactly where I want to be. This is who I want to be with. And then the next minute they're like, you know, what am I thinking? I'm, you know, definitely not committed here. I'm definitely not interested. You know, I should be with somebody else or, you know, look at that person. I should be with that person. Right. Um, those things, those things happen and those things can change. And you have to go into a relationship with that understanding that, you know, those things do happen, but you can't go into a relationship with the idea that it will fail. Like you can't go into a relationship with that expectation that you're going to lose and that it's not going to, to work out the way you want it. No, I totally agree with that. I think, I, I think people do change and it it does stink in a way. Um, but I think it, it kind of goes back to, I think I was saying earlier, but I don't think we were recording. It was, it was having that mindset, like having the, the mindset of where you want to go. Like, who do you choose to become? Um, and that could be someone that is good in the relationship, or that's someone bad. Um, and obviously you are in a relationship, so you have to obviously trust the other person that the, the person's going to choose good rather than bad. Um, yeah. And it, that's hard. That's mm-hmm. very hard because you can't control them. The only person you can control is yourself. And I think, I think obviously if, if you have good values, if you have, you know, a structure to go to one place, I think both of those, and you both have those same values to go to that same place, I think you'll be fine. You know, um, you have a common goal, common goal. Yeah. A common balance, a common balance to kind of get to the same place. And that's what I like about like the church and stuff that they have that kind of certain value of, you know, we're going to be living together for time and all eternity. And it's, it's going to be, I, I guarantee you, it's not going to be a straight line, just, all the way to heaven it's going to be like how it's you know the book of mormon it's going to show a straight line and it's you know obviously spelled differently it's going to be curvy it's going to be you're going to be going up mountains you're going to be going down mountains um you're going to be hitting brick walls you're going to be tearing down those walls like there's going to be times where it's going to be rough and what are you going to do about it you know where where are you going to put your faith where do you put your trust And I think that's why it's so important to be able to trust yourself, right? Right. And um, be able to trust in your own ability to gauge, you know, where you should be. And I think while you're in that process, like the Lord will identify and show you that you're in the right place at the right time, right? Right. And I think there are moments where we feel so good and so right about a relationship and then that relationship falls apart. And, you know, we're sitting, we're sitting there in a lurch thinking, okay, why the heck did I have to go through that? If like, it was a total waste of time. Like that's not where I was. That was never where I was supposed to be. Like, I'm not supposed to be with that person. Why did I feel guided to them? Or why did I feel so right in that place? And you know, I think 
to Dustin's point, it is, it really is a, you know, that person is leading you to the right person, right? Right. That person is helping you become something better, something different. And, you know, I, I always make this comparison to repentance. You know, repentance is the process of letting the Lord into your heart to change you. Right. And dating is similar. It's letting someone else into your life to change you. Right. And, you know, that requires vulnerability, that requires communication, that requires a willingness to change, right? A willingness to allow that person in to make those adjustments and make those changes in you. Um, And, you know, if we are going into relationships without that sincere desire to change, without that sincere desire to become better, then we are not engaging in these relationships with any kind of sincerity. And, you know, we aren't going to get anything out of them because, you know, we are approaching those relationships from a very inauthentic place and it's not going to get us anywhere. Agreed. Hmm. So like Summer was approaching this relationship from a very insincere place. You know, she... Yeah, that's true. And and because of that, you know, like she not only she wasn't changed by it really, but she hurt someone really bad along the way. And maybe that's not the case. Maybe she was very much impacted and changed by her relationship with Tom. And she did talk about how, you know, at in the end, like she would think back to her relationship with Tom and how, like, oh well, you know, now I know that this guy is the right guy for me because I became certain of things that I was never certain about when I was with Tom. Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing where she, with Tom, she just had that, um, I guess, you know, from Tom's perspective of how he found true love or what he thinks true love is. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's just love, you know, it's just there. And I think the thing that she learned from Tom was actual love was actually she found love from learning love of what how Tom was showing her love mm-hmm. and, and passion. That's how love is for her. And that's kind of was like, okay, well, if, if I'm not feeling this for Tom, but if I'm wanting to do this for, you know, my husband, then yeah, this is, this, this should be love. You know, she, she learned love through Tom and she told him that at the end. And, you know, I think, going back to dating maybe the people that we date or we can come across with um it's more of the fact of maybe they need us more than we need them like Mm -hmm. at a certain point in time like i like time will tell i think that there's people that i've met that i've dated or i've learned you know from and it could be either a negative or it could be a positive i think it kind of also comes down to like that attitude and mindset of what am i going to learn from this person and you know in tom's case his his case was negative in a way you can think of it in a way he, he had a, he was heartbroken all the time, but he, he learned from it. He pushed through it and was able to find, you know, someone that he, he cared about. Obviously we don't really know. Hopefully they may make a sequel autumn and Tom, maybe, I don't know, probably not, but um, yeah, I was just, I thought that was cool. And it kind of goes back down to dust where, we are with people in the hard times and we'll find someone in the good times, something like that. So I don't remember exact quote cause I'm tired, but. Well, all of your relationships are going to fail except for one. Ideally. Yeah. It's true. So. So what are we going to do to find that one? We're going to trust a lot. And we're going to get beat up a lot. Hmm. But we'll be molded into more perfect versions of ourselves. And we're just going to be that much more perfect for our person. So true. I mean, the relationships that I'm engaging in now, I'm coming into with so much more perspective 
and so much more clarity and understanding of of who I am in a relationship so I don't get lost. And I find that very, very invaluable. And, you know, it's made my relationships a lot more enjoyable and a lot more bearable. So I really, really do appreciate that perspective that I've, I've earned through blood, sweat, and tears. It's rough, man. It's rough. It's rough being with the wrong person. And it's rough finding out that the person that you're with is the wrong person. That sucks. Yeah. It does. But. Being there. And I don't know. It, like for me, it's almost, it's like a really harrowing experience from a spiritual standpoint because, you know, this is something that I think about all the time that we talk about you know, marriage is practically a commandment, right? Mm -hmm. It's this critical ordinance that we need. And it's this huge step. It's like culturally, you know, like an essential rite of passage. And it seems like, you know, we understand in our heads that, you know, the Lord expects us to do that expects us to be there and when it doesn't happen or when we get close to it happening and it falls apart it's like well what the heck i'm doing everything i'm supposed to be doing i'm where i'm supposed to be why can't this work for me now um it's almost like it's almost like why isn't the lord blessing me in this area you know like Mm -hmm. why why haven't it's like you think you've got you doing everything else you need to be you're like okay i'm checking off the things i need to be in order to have this why don't i have this well and one and one thing that i okay this is like a really important aha moment for me is after one particularly painful breakup i had the thought of well, I guess it's back to the drawing board. I guess I haven't learned my lesson. I guess there's something in me that I'm lacking or there's some experience that I haven't had that has disqualified me for this blessing, right? That has, mm. that yeah. has, you know, like, I guess I just need to go back and, you know, learn this lesson and then I'll be ready. And then the Lord will like see fit to grant me this, this blessing, right? Mm-hmm. But Matt actually I have, has a very favorite meme about that. Like, anyway, continue. Sorry. Yeah, but it's, but that's not the. That really isn't the case. It's not that I'm not ready for it. I mean, if the twenty-year-olds fresh off their mission can get married to their, <laughs> you know, seventeen-year-old high school sweetheart then me as like 27 year old woman (laughs) with all this experience in my life. I mean, I'm ready. You know what I mean? And it's not that, you know, I'm lacking in something. It's not that I am faulty in some respect that I'm not granted this blessing per se. Like it's not because it's not my fault, but hmm. I think going back to the timing thing, it really is just timing. And you have to align your timeline with somebody else's and that's tricky. Yeah, that's, that's the kicker. Time will tell. And it's, I think that's for me, I struggle with, I struggle with patience, timing and patience. Yeah. Um, especially me being there and having actually that and having an actual marriage and being divorced, going through that, that's tough. Um, And thinking like, okay, I'm dating, I'm going to church, you know, I'm I'm a worthy priesthood holder, 
doing everything that I need to do. What, what, what do you want me to do? Like, what am I doing next? Like, why is, is, isn't this happening? Like, I think, I think maybe just for me, and I'm, I'm maybe ready, but maybe the Lord and Heavenly Father has someone that's not ready for me yet. And he's preparing them. And I think when I, when I think of that and when I think about, okay, well, what it kind of goes back to, uh, um, it's Elder Ballard's talk. I think it's the last or two general conferences ago when his wife had passed away. And he talks about the things that he should be doing now. Like, what is he doing now to be able to prepare himself to hold his wife's hand again? Mm-hmm. And I think of that as me dating. Like, what am I doing to make sure that I'm a worthy priesthood holy holder to hold someone's hand, hand again? Like, what am I doing? You know, and I kind of think, and it kind of comes back down to, you know, my thing, my internal belief is like what do i really want today or who do i want to be um who do i choose to become um those types of questions i ask myself on a day-to-day basis just so i know who i am and and to remind myself who i want to become that's like always the struggle honestly um because i i think about that a lot like it, it really does feel sometimes just feel like it's a checklist that we need to just do specific things or, but like, like you said, Jake, it's, it's, you're just trying to be the person that you want to be every single day. Um, <clears throat> you want to be working towards just trying to be the best you can. And then when the timing is right, I think things will just line up. Um, like I know my brother and his wife, they kind of had that experience. Like it sounded like both of them weren't really in the right place earlier. And so like when they did find like, cause they knew each other for a bit and they, they didn't date, but then they did date later on and it was the right time for both of them. And I mean, to my understanding, there's always two sides. I, I've always heard it from my brother, but it sounded like both of them were in that kind of place. Um, and so it, it just sounds like we just have to do everything in our power um, and do so happily, you know, like don't be, don't be the letter of law kind of doing it to checklist it, you know, like keeping the Sabbath day holy just to get the checklist. It's no, it's what are you doing to make the Sabbath day a delight or what is it you're doing to make your life happy for you? Um, <clears throat> like today, Spencer and Jessica came over and she was saying like, yeah, like no matter when, like you say, oh, I'll be happy when I'm married. I'll be happy when I have a house or I'll be happy when I get this new car or whatever. It's like, no, it's about finding happiness where you are and um, just trying to do that every single day. And I mean, that's super cliche. Like, I feel like I've heard that so many places, but it's incredibly true. It's just about um, just trying to do do things daily that are helping you be who you want to be. Because if you're doing everything and you're focusing on you, you will attract people. There's one of my favorite quotes um, it relates to happiness. Um, and it's like, I don't know the exact quote. I'll maybe I'll find it and read it to you later. But basically it talks about when we seek after happiness, it will fly away from us. kind of like a butterfly. If you're chasing a butterfly, you're never going to catch it. But if you're doing other things and you're like trying to just do your own stuff and like, just not necessarily like, still seeking happiness, but like trying to do the other things, happiness will come along and float down and just land on your shoulder. And it will just be there. And it's because you're not, you're not chasing after it. You're, I'm not saying don't chase after happiness. Absolutely chase after happiness. <laughs> but it's, seems like, seems like the way it happened, like way good things come is when we're just trying to do other things. So, and I think, I mean, I'm, I think you said that before. So I'm just kind of reiterating what you're saying. Uh, I get it. Yeah. It's crazy times we're in, right? I think like the past two weeks I've been thinking about like, I want to be happy, you know, like how, and how can I do that? Um, and I think just like you said, it's like a mindset, like you, you have to have it. You got to find things that will make you happy and not do things that, uh, that don't make you happy. So it's 
Totally true. It's pretty crazy. Be who you want to be. You who Don't you be anybody be. else. I want to be Spider-Man. That's what we, I want to be. We need Jake. We need Stephanie. We need Dustin. We don't need and Spider-Man. <laughs> and Spider-Man. We need Spider-Man more than anything else in this world. Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, which version? Andrew Garfield? We need Tom Holland. Um, we need Tom Holland. Tom Holland. We, we got um, Tobey Maguire and he was great. But yes. Tom Holland is who we need right now. That's <laughs> I, would agree. I would agree. Although, Tobey Maguire would be my forever favorite. He's just it's near and dear to your heart. Of name dear to the heart. Okay, but this has been really, really cool. I feel like we did stray a little bit, but I actually want to go back and go through some of the notes. I took little bits of like time notes. I want to do spend more time on that, but we might have to revisit that in a part two episode. So guys, come join us. It's going to be awesome. Looking forward to learning about what you guys had notes on and kind of exploring what I had too, because there's there's a lot of cool stuff there, I think. So beautiful. So true. Well, I'm so happy that I convinced you guys to watch this movie with me. And I think we are finding some true, true gems, nuggets of deep wisdom from our experience. So let's keep the ball rolling in our second episode part two part two part two 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 let's go (laughs) (laughs) loved that all right find your person find your person find your person all right (laughs) i know (laughs) (laughs) kind of write that for that and just play the music now let's go